you doing today? I'm doing quite well. How about you? Good, good. Um, yeah, our uh, our release schedule here has slowed down a little bit. If it isn't one thing, it's another with us lately. Um, but you've got a job. Yeah, that's really um, kind of why it slowed down a whole lot. Yeah, before it was the equipment stuff, but now it's my job, and I'm just trying to get used to it. I mean, because I leave at 2 in the afternoon and don't get home till 2 the next morning, so... Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to figure out a schedule. During the week, I'm pretty much crap. And then Friday, I sleep a lot to try to catch up on my sleep. So, yeah, I'm thinking that maybe we need to do a lot of these uh, after I wake up from a nap on Friday, Saturday, and then, well, today's Sunday. But maybe do, do like two Friday, two Saturday, and one on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Let's blow out my weekend. That's exactly <laughs> what I want to get out of here. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> I got other things to do. Uh-huh. Um, we'll figure it out. Uh, it would be maybe maybe in the mornings uh, when you wake up or something. I don't know. We'll have to figure something out. But until then, we will, uh, we're recording and putting these out as much as possible. We probably could have done some yesterday, but it was a nice day. I wanted to get my bicycle running again. Yes, you did. Uh, for those who don't know, Dan's got a little gas-powered bike, little motor on it that he's been dying all winter to get back out there and ride it. So yesterday he got it fixed up and was out there. Because you're right, it was nice. It was in the 50s. It was sunny out. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. Yeah, it was 50s and sunny. And we live, you know, in Wisconsin and on a hill that's very snow-covered. So it was then very, all the roads were nice and wet and muddy and sandy. And I got completely filthy. But I had fun um, puttering around my neighborhood. <laughs> Fat man on a tiny little motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you had fun, that's really all that matters, is you had a good time. Yeah. Um, I had, you know, I kind of put that bike away in the winter and hadn't thought about it at all. And then... Yeah, I was like, wow, there was a there was a lot of uh there was a lot of things I had plans last fall to do to it over the winter. And it was kinda like out of sight, out of mind. So I was rolling around, I'm like, Oh, gotta get a new front fork. You know, I like my big stretch front fork. I gotta get the parts for the banana seat. Like instantly all the upgrades start going through my head. I'm like, Man, what did I do with my winter? I wasted it away. But, you know, now that we have the uh, downstairs all nice and wide open, I think that's a perfect place for me to work on my bicycle. Oh, sure, right on the hardwood floor. No, yes. well, if no more freezing my butt off <laughs> in the garage. <laughs> well, there is that, yes. So, yeah, uh, good day. I am so happy that spring is here. Of course, we've got our seasonal glacier, uh, poop glacier, <laughs> traveling through the backyard. Which is all, all, always interesting to watch, if not a little bit disgusting, that all of the snow and the dog turds just pack down into one uh, big block of ice with brown smudges in it. And we watch it slowly crawl out of our yard and into the woods. <laughs> well, it's not quite spring yet. I mean, today is February 28th, 2021, but it is very spring-like weather. And even the front... Um, our driveway, it melts, so it's slushy, but then at night when it refreezes, it's like glare ice, so you have to be very careful. We try to keep that salted so if people, we don't get a lot of visitors, but like with me coming home at 2 in the morning, make sure I don't fall on my butt and kill myself out on that glacier in the parking lot or parking 
garage. Jesus Christ. Driveway. That's what it's called. It's called yeah, driveway. pull it together. Jesus. Oh, yeah, so- that's so rough to maintain because we put salt on it, and then it just kind of all washes and flushes away during the day. And that's right into our yard. And then our grass is all yellow and messed up for quite a while in the spring. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe we should just, you know, put in some handle, <laughs> some handlebars, uh, <laughs> guardrails, something to hang on to. Uh, one, a couple of those nice long utility rugs actually would probably be best <laughs> lay down for you at night so you can walk over the ice and then during the day peel them up so it can all keep melting or even just get some sand and put on there so you don't have to it's all gonna wash away i mean it's gonna wash away but it's not gonna do anything to harm the grass yeah that's true that's true i guess we'll have to go and find some kids with the sandbox and start ripping them off or even some non-clumping cat litter with that see i'm always afraid of cat litter because the one time i i was told to have that in my car to help you get out of a ditch and the one time that I had it and I used it, it just turned into a big clay ball mess. But I think that's the clumping stuff. I, I think if you get the old-fashioned, old-timey, non-clumping cat litter, you're okay. Yeah, we just need the grit. Well, we got a bucket of grit out back, friend of ours with our porch pot for uh, Christmas. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll give that a whirl. We'll figure something out. Don't worry, folks. We'll survive. <laughs> I know all these first world problems we're talking about. I we know. Will, we'll manage to live through it. <laughs> yeah, we've got families uh, decimated by the coronavirus. Uh, people in uh, Texas, their houses are are completely destroyed by water. Um, and I guess it's very fortunate that you and I, our worst problem is it gets our driveway gets icy. <laughs> well probably survive yeah and, and the you're right the backyard those time of year because you don't see it especially this year because it stayed cold enough so when it snowed it didn't melt right away so we had snow dog poop so <laughs> and said oh that's warm enough to melt we're seeing all the dog poop we're like oh my gosh <laughs> mm-hmm. and it all just soaks down and packs into one big chunk of ice it's very odd i mean you you can just look at our backyard and see how glaciers work that there's, um, you know, such a large piece of ice, and it really does just kind of crawl through our backyard and out into the woods where it eventually melts all down. Yep. Well, let's get into our episode. That uh, sounds good. The Devil You Know. And let me get to the top of my notes here. The recap, uh, we get, uh, we see Crowley, which we haven't seen in quite a while, have we? No, it has been a while since we've seen him. And who he's a crossroads demon? He's king of the crossroads. Okay. So I so knew he was a powerful something or other. I didn't know exactly so, what yes, it was. So, yes, basically when a crossroads demon shows up and gets a contract, then Crowley is in charge of that contract. Oh, so he's the wish giver, more or less. Pretty he, he much, He facilitates yes. the Pretty much, trade. Yes. Gotcha. So it, we get a recap that he doesn't want Lucifer out killing off all the humans because then he's afraid that then all the demons will be next, which I don't know. I guess Lucifer will just kill everything off and be sitting alone. I don't know what, I don't know if I agree with that entirely, but that's his fear anyway. And we see that Trickster tells him, uh, telling the boys then how to get Lucifer back into uh, hell and safely out of the human's hair. Right. Using the four rings of the horseman. And also there's a, um, 
reference to the Croatoan virus, too. Because that kind of plays into this episode a little bit. Yep. So it starts off, we see, like, two scientists in a lab. It seems like they're working on the swine flu uh, drug trials for it, which is very odd since swine flu was kind of the last version of a coronavirus that we had until we got, you know, in 2020, we had the big humdinger. Yeah, the COVID-19. Yeah, they were working on um, a vaccine for it. So pretty much like this last year when all our scientists were working on vaccines for the COVID-19, that's what these doctors were doing. And they were kind of complaining about how everything, they wanted everything speeded up, and they weren't sure ready for human trials and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Fun fact, you can deal with viruses with other things besides just a vaccine. There's things called therapeutics that all nobody ever talks about anymore. There are things like that, yes, but I think most people are looking for that vaccine to prevent anyone from getting said virus, kind of like... Yeah, yeah. when you talk about a therapeutic, then it's politicized, and then you're called an idiot, even though the other guy now calling you an idiot wrote a paper on it three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try not to fall into my rage of politics over this whole nonsense. Uh, two scientists are talking about this drug trial. Then the janitor, who's just kind of mopping up, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm running those trials. And the scientists look at him like, what? And then uh, the janitor pulls out a big needle and sticks it in the one guy's jugular. The other guy's like, oh, crap. Janitor steps out. It looks like the rage virus takes hold, and then they rips him apart. I don't, did he stab both of the... The, no, he just stabbed the one. Just stabbed the one, yeah. To, I think to kind of see what would happen, too. Yeah, yeah, so then the one doctor, they don't show it on screen, but they show the, you know, the... Splash of blood in the scream. And the scream, the lab monkeys in the cage. If I put monkeys, go ape. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so it looks like the one scientist attacked the other scientist, and that's what the scream and the blood and everything was. Yeah, and that's the beginning of the episode. Uh, Sam and Dean, they're at the CDC investigating? They're not at the CDC investigating. They're at a hospital pretending to be from the CDC. Gotcha. Uh, they, call, uh, they call Bobby, and it seems that they're following pestilence. And they're heading east, and right now they're in West Nevada. So Bobby says, well, you better get a move on. Uh, while they're driving, then Crowley shows up in the back seat of the car. Uh, it's pretty hilarious because instantly, like Dean just stands on the brakes. <laughs> uh, car kind of swerves sideways off to the side of the road. Sam then grabs a knife and just instantly goes to the back to stab Crowley. And it's like, "Geesh, people, <laughs> take it easy. Find out what he wants first. Well, yeah, but you know, you're dealing with a very powerful demon. They want to, you know get rid of him as soon as they can true but has crowley ever attacked sam and dean personally no he hasn't he's never shown them any yeah so why they need to act like this i think is a little uncalled for um but so sam tries to stab him but crowley just vanishes and, and then they're pulled over to the side of the road and then crowley's like outside the car and knocks on the window it's pretty hilarious because Sam keeps kind of lunging and trying to kill him, and Crowley just keeps vanishing, just shucking and jiving him the whole time. <laughs> uh, Crowley says, that, hey, I can help you uh, get pestilence. Like, Crowley knows what they're up to. 
Uh, Sam and Dean are so pissed with Crowley, though. And Crowley doesn't understand. He's like, hey, I gave you guys the cult. What, what is all this rage about? Like, well, the cult didn't work on the devil. And Crowley claims that he didn't know that it wouldn't work. Which, at this point, we have no reason not to believe him. Well, not only did the cult not work, but that was the episode where Joe and Ellen blew themselves up to, you know, give Sam and Dean time to take the cult, find Lucifer, and try to kill him. So they're really yeah. pissed off about that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're upset that it was seemingly a suicide mission. But if Crowley didn't know that the cult wasn't going to work, it's not Crowley's fault that that's what happened. No, it's not Crowley's fault whatsoever. That is, if <coughs> he really didn't know. But I'm assuming he didn't know because it wouldn't make sense for him to do that if he didn't think it would work. Yeah, exactly. Why would he set them up on a suicide mission that would fail on a task for something he wants completed? Knowing that it put a uh, target on his back. Yes, 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 yes. It's like, man, you guys, Crowley's your best friend and all that. I was really frustrated at this part. <laughs> Sam and Dean had lost their minds. And I, not only was I frustrated, but Crowley was also frustrated. And he starts yelling at them. They're basically like, you jackasses. Uh, he raises his voice. At this point, it kind of calls him all out. And everyone quiets down, simmers down, and they're like, we got to find a quiet place to talk. So they head over to some old farmhouse that Crowley's been staying at, it sounds like. Yes, because when they first met Crowley, he was living in this, looked like very elaborate mansion, had these guards, it was a gated house. Because he mentioned they burned down my house and they ate my security guards, so... Um, Sounds like the de when the demons found out, or when Lucifer found out that Crowley had given them the cult that he sent some demons to take care of Crowley, Crowley managed to escape. He said he'd been hiding under a rock like a salamander for the past couple months. So yes, now he had this crappy old house that very run down. Oh, it, it was falling down. I think there was holes in the ceiling. It was ridiculous. I think so too. Um. I don't know if the boys asked, how did you find us? But Crowley tells them, um, like, hey, oh, by the way, I first time we met, I had one of my people put uh, some sort of enchanted coin in your car that he then used as a tracking device to keep tabs on him. Right, because the boys had hex bags to keep themselves hidden from demons. They had those things inscribed in their ribs to keep themselves hidden from angels, the hex bags to keep themselves um, hidden from demons, but... Yes, Crowley says, well, I'm a little bit more powerful than your average demon. I had this coin, so I knew where you were. I could hear conversations and things like that. Crowley lets him know that he doesn't know exactly where Pestilence is, but he does know the demon that would know where he is or could find out where he is. At the Back at the vaccine company... Uh, it looks like the head of the company is upset that the trials are not going right. I'm assuming he was made aware that rage virus broke out and people died. I don't know. It's all very confusing. None of these people are introduced. It's just like a board meeting and people are yelling. Right. It seems like he wanted the drug trials to possibly move to human trials. And everyone says, hey, we're not ready for that yet. You know, we're doing the best that we can. Um, but he does not seem to appreciate that answer. A guy goes into an office 
and it sounds like he's going to get a promotion. Uh, but then, so the guy, I don't even know how to explain this since there's no names involved here. So the guy that was giving out the promotion stands up, walks behind him, like goes to pat him on the shoulder over this big promotion he's offering. Uh, but reality though, he just pulls out a straight blade, cuts his throat and pours the blood into, uh, one of those, I called it the hell cell phone when Meg, <laughs> right. when Meg had one. Yes. Because you just pour blood into this thing and then you can make phone calls in and out of hell, I guess, or two other demons. Um, so he does that and he, like flies, start coming out of the blood in the cup. So I assume he's talking to pestilence. Exactly. Back at the farmhouse, uh, Sam, Dean, and Crowley, they're getting ready to go. But Crowley was like, no, Sam, you're not coming with. And they're like, why? I'm like, well, I don't trust Sam. He keeps trying to kill me. And then at that point, I'm like, yeah, good point. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't get invited along if you act like a dick. <laughs> uh, Dean agrees to go with Crowley and leave Sam behind. Uh, this is... Uh, I, I just got to call out moments like this. Did you notice that when uh, Dean and Crowley left the farm? Anything weird about that little scene? I thought I saw Sam holding Ruby's blade. No, that's... Oh, that's I, not I, what you saw? Okay. That's not what I saw. What I saw, though, was Dean flooring the car, spinning the tires out on dirt. But what was the sound that came out of the tires? Oh, I know. <laughs> Yeah, no, like I didn't. he's peeling off from a red light on pavement. I didn't pay any attention to that. Why do they always add in the tire squealing noise when they're not on pavement? I don't know. Drives me ape. Uh, Sam calls Bobby, gives him an update. Uh, Sam asks Bobby then how he fought off the demon that possessed him. Uh, because Sam's got a great idea. He's going to let the devil inside of him. Then Sam will take over, jump into the cage in hell, and somehow get out and leave the d devil in there? None of this makes any sense to me. See, no, Sam does offer to do that, but no, Sam would remain in hell. He would just be able to hopefully, he's hoping he'd be able to take over for that one second to oh then sam would just be trapped in hell with in a cage with lucifer, with lucifer. well that sounds like a ball which is why which is why <laughs> bobby was so mad at him he's like are you you know kidding you know if it's not you it's your brother someone's always lining up to sacrifice himself so that's why bobby was so mad at him well i didn't even realize that his plan involved him staying i thought he was going to somehow be able to escape so yeah bobby gets upset at sam for his dumb plan Crowley, uh, back at, uh, with Dean and, uh, Crowley, I guess Crowley just goes in to do something or to say hi, but what? then Crowley kills the front desk guards and Dean sees and is like, oh crap, <laughs> it's, this plan's off the rails. Well, when they first pull up, Dean goes, assumes that they were demons at the front desk or the security desk. And Crowley goes, no, those are just the human shields. The demons are up on the 12th floor. And so Dean's trying to come up with this plan on how to get in there. And Crowley makes a comment about, oh, you went to to make everything so complicated. Boom, he's gone. Yeah, then Dean looks in, and there's Crowley behind the security guard, slitting his throat. Yeah, Dean rushes in. 
like, oh, crap, what are you doing? And Crowley was like, hey, we're on a tight schedule here. <laughs> he puts Dean on an elevator and tells him, like, all right, remember what we talked about? Good luck, boy. <laughs> Just the elevator. And sends him up. Dean, uh, it was pretty funny, too, because Dean's like, you're not coming with? And, and Crowley's like, no, there's demons up there. I might die. Right, <laughs> Good old Crowley always, <laughs> the CYA, cover your ass. So Dean goes into the exec's office that we saw before, slice the throat and use the hell cell phone. Uh, he walks in there. And says that he has uh, two of the rings. So this guy, this exec guy, little backstory here, because I don't know if it got missed in the details or if I was still confused at this point either. This exec guy is the stable boy for the four horsemen. So he helps them with their plannings of where they're going to go. It sounds like he's their travel agent. Did uh, Am I getting that right? No, yes, you are getting that right. Yeah, he was he did call him a stable boy for the four horsemen, um, because of the fact that yeah, apparently the horsemen aren't just gonna do stuff without some pre planning. And the character's name is Brady. We find that out later. Um, seems to be the person that gets the horsemen what they need, where they need to be, and all that. Yeah, I guess he coordinates their efforts. Kind of like their personal assistant. Yeah. Uh, So Dean goes in and is like, hey, I I have uh, two of those rings, and I heard you're uh, willing to uh, deal for them. You'd like to buy them. So, uh, you know, what's your offer? And Brady's like, well, who said that? (laughs) Like, who told you I wanted to buy them? And then at this point, you know that this whole thing is complete jive because Dean covers up with a great reply, uh, folks? <laughs> <laughs> like, just word on the street is? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know, people. So this plan is stupid because, yeah, the first question, it blows it apart. Uh, the exec, um, Brady, is like, wow, well, those rings are worth... <clears throat> are worthless those two horsemen they're all just shriveled hulks of themselves right now what i really want is retribution i want to take this out of, out of your ass and so he starts kicking dean's ass pretty good just mm-hmm. beating the hell out of him dean's able to escape into the elevator and get back to the first floor steps out while the exec brady he uh jumps him from behind and like whacks him again Dean is bleeding from the head in multiple places. Definitely a concussion situation. Crowley's there, though, is able to jump Brady, puts a bag over his head, and then just beats hell out of his head with, like, the back of his knife. Oh, I thought it looked more like a tire iron or something. Oh, I thought it was the butt of a knife that he was smacking him with. Yeah, I think it was heavier than that. But also on the bag, uh, there was a devil's trap, so... It was a bag that, yeah, kind of trapped him there so Crowley could get the chance to beat him upside the head. Dean then calls out Crowley for like, hey, what what the hell? You gave me false information about this guy wanting to buy rings. And Crowley's all proud of himself. He goes, I know, it worked perfect. <laughs> if you would have known all this, you wouldn't have been able to play dumb and to trick him out. You know, basically, basically this was Crowley's plan all along is to kind of get him chasing Dean out. Of the elevator, I guess. 
or just out off of that 12th floor away from the demons. Exactly. So in the car, uh, back seat, Crowley has Brady tied up. And Crowley is like, well, we got to go someplace else. Uh, we can't take him back to Sam. He explains that uh, Sam and this guy, they have history. And then that's the end of that. They end up back at the house anyways. Yes, uh, obviously. Obviously, Dean didn't want to pull over or go anywhere else. Well, no, I think that he had Crowley explain, um, because when he got there and told Sam that they were back, um, yes, but yeah. said, you have to be cool about this. Yeah, the uh, that exact guy, his name is Brady. They met in school, and he's the one that introduced Sam to Jess. Uh so he goes in, tells Sam, you know, chill out, relax. <laughs> but Sam really wants to kill him. Luckily, uh, Dean can, is able to back him out of the room and keep them two separated for a while. Crowley goes in and talks to Brady and tries to explain that if Lucifer wins, they will all get the mop. Whatever that means. <laughs> I guess if he wins, they'll be dead. Well, what I have is when Crowley was telling Brady that if Lucifer wins, he would kill all the demons. He said, when the morning star cleans house, we all get the mop. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure exactly what that means, except for maybe that, that yeah, they would all be cleaned out, too. Yeah. Uh, Brady doesn't think so. He's like, no, nah, no. Why, why would he do that? He made us. Like, Don't be dumb. Crowley says, good talk. Gets up and <laughs> leaves him and goes and talks to Dean. Uh says that he won't budge and he's going to go kick open a hive of demons. So basically Crowley's off on some other plan. Uh, Dean is in the bathroom washing up. Sam jams the door shut with the chair. You know that classic move where you stick a chair underneath of a doorknob and instantly the door becomes impossible to open? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever actually tried that move? No, I haven't. It never works. The door instantly falls open. I'm sure. It does, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how that ever became a thing. It must have worked once for one guy <laughs> in a newspaper, and then uh, TV show writers have been using it ever since. Well, what you forgot to mention is before uh, Crowley left, he was talking to Dean. He says, where's your moose? Now, this is the first time, and we'll find out that this becomes Crowley's nickname for Sam. This is the first time he uses the moose reference. And so then he's yeah, he's gonna go kick this demon hive. Then we show Dean in the bathroom, Sam locks and slacks him into it and goes to talk to Brady. Yeah, Brady reveals that uh, not only did he introduce him to Jess, but he's the one that killed Jess. And Brady's being a real jerk about all this and really rubbing it in. Sam gets super pissed. He wants to saw his head off and he even cuts him a little bit on the throat, but Sam regains his composure and leaves. Sam lets Dean out of the bathroom. Uh, Crowley shows up, and his <laughs> Crowley shows up, and his jacket's like tattered. It looks like he's been in a bit of a bar fight. Imagine like having a long day or a bad day or something like that. <clears throat> yep, yeah, he said he went to a hive of demons and he killed all of them except one, and that while he was there, he made sure and gave them all the impression that him and Brady. We're actually in some group called Lovers Against Satan or something. Yeah. Um, so basically, 
turning all of hell, not only against Crowley, but now on Brady as well, putting him in the same league, you know, against Satan. So now yeah. Brady is pretty screwed. Oh, I remember what he said. Lovers in league against Satan. <laughs> so yeah, it made it sound like Brady and Crowley were lovers and they were like in league to bring Satan down. If I could get a bumper sticker <laughs> that says lovers in league against Satan, I think that would kick ass. Well, I'm sure you could probably have one made somewhere in oh, his 2021. That would be fantastic. <laughs> um, the problem, though, is and somehow Crowley knows this stuff instantly and can figure it out. But problem is that just as he had planted a tracking coin on them, they planted a tracking coin on him. Crowley because Crowley just reaches into his pocket and he's like oh shit and then we hear a hellhound baying in the distance so you know that that's coming Brady's getting pretty damn nervous now at this point uh Crowley though he leaves the hellhound jumps through the window and comes into the house uh Crowley comes back and he, Crowley then starts barking, he starts saying commands to the dog, like, sit, stay. And because these hellhounds are invisible, well, first it makes him a really dumb character to be in a show, invisible things. Um, but he's, he says, oh, well, let me start over. <coughs> Dean's like, oh, hellhounds will listen to you? He goes, oh, no, not that one. And then that's the first indication that, oh, there's two hellhounds here. And Crowley's like, I brought my own. And he's bigger and tougher. And then Crowley, like, pats the head of a dog that seems to be sitting about five feet high. Yeah, pretty much it's almost as tall as he is. <laughs> and uh, so then his invisible dog attacks the other invisible dog. But then we see real blood splattering everywhere. I don't know. Well, you know, whenever they hit a hellhound, like with rock salt, they, they show blood splatter. Yeah, I guess the hellhounds just have a cloaking device on them. They aren't truly invisible. Right. The insides of them are visible. Everyone, uh, at the end of that then, it just cuts. And now all the people, they're in some sort of back alley. Well, they, they did show them all escape and get into the Impala. So, yeah, so the next scene is they look like they're in this back alley somewhere. Dean is putting down a line of uh, assault line, trapping Sam and Brady together, like I say, at the end of this alley. Um, there's a little bit where, like, Crowley would have been in there, and then he kind of walks towards the line right as Dean is uh, closing it up. And then Dean stops pouring salt to let Crowley out. But, you know, also what you forgot to mention is before this, um, Brady did give, um, give Crowley a piece to piece of paper and said that is where they could find pestilence and so Crowley looks at it and says yeah this looks like it's good and so that's when Dean starts putting that salt line down <clears throat> then lets Crowley through and finishes the salt line so now yes Dean not Dean Sam and Brady are now behind this salt line so no matter what Brady wants to do he's trapped no matter what Brady starts talking mad crap to Sam, just once again, just rubbing in what a bastard he was. So the backstory is that Brady and Sam, when they were kids, were good friends. But at some point, Brady went off t on vacation. And when he came back, he was just a mess. He was hooked on drugs, women, booze, failing out of school. 
So that's when the demon took over. Um, they weren't kids. This was in college. Because he said... They said middle school. No. Brady was pre-med. Oh, I thought that they knew each other since they were actually children, and that in college is when he flipped. No, because Cause he got Sam his and best Dean friend. didn't have, weren't in one place long enough to really make any friends when they were young and in school. Oh, yes, you're right. This all would have happened in college. So, yeah, I think they became friends in college, uh, were really good friends. Then they, uh, uh, Sam was pre-law, Brady was pre-med, Brady goes on this vacation, becomes a wacko. That's when he becomes possessed by this demon. Um, so, yeah. So he's been kind of whispering in Sam's ear for a long time, ever since their freshman year, sophomore year of college. Well, Sam goes in. Uh, he's heard enough. I guess he figures Bra- the real Brady's dead now anyways and stabs him in the chest with a knife, and he dies. Yeah. Well, first, um, Dean makes a comment saying that you guys all have it wrong. You should all be afraid of me and Sam. You shouldn't be afraid of Lucifer. You shouldn't be afraid of the angels. You should be afraid of us. Um, So, yeah, then Sam has Ruby's knife and stabs Brady right in the chest and kills him. Cut to Bobby is on the phone with Rufus, and they're talking about finding death. So while these guys have been tracking down pestilence, they're still the fourth ring of deaths. Crowley shows up and says, hey, I can help you find death. And Crowley offers him death's coordinates. The only problem is that to get him, Bobby has to trade his soul. And Crowley's like, no, I'll give your soul right back. I promise. Well, that's probably not going to happen. Because, I mean, even though Crowley, he's still a bit of a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> like, he seems half good, but no, nah, he's kind of a bastard still. So. Well, actually, Bobby said, you know where death is. And he says, no, I have on the foggiest. But there's a spell where I can to find him. But in order for the spell, you need to make a wish. And in order for you to make this wish, you need to grant this wish. I need your soul. Yeah. I, if he's king of the crossroads who grants wishes, then, yeah, yeah, I figure he's got some sort of magic incantation to do it. But he does need that trade. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll give it right back afterwards. Trust me. I'm only a demon. Would I? He didn't say I'm only a demon, but trust me. Would I lie to you? That sort of thing. Uh, uh, Bobby then shoots him a couple of times, uh, first with a handgun, then with a shotgun, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Uh, we didn't know whether or not Bobby was uh, going to agree to this. Um, I'm thinking the smart money is he shouldn't, but who knows. Well, you obviously know, I so know. good job at trying to, your acting needs a little bit of work. <laughs> I never said I was an actor. Okay, uh, so good, a really good story. I mean, they're tracking down these last two rings. We see the season is quickly coming to an end, so it's got to uh, get wrapped up here. Uh, I'm assuming that they're going to get a hold of these rings pretty shortly, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, this is, um, there's only two more episodes in this season after the one we just watched, so... They got to, they're right. They do have to get this wrapped up pretty quickly. You know, what's funny is I complain so much about the one-off episodes and now I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to being done with this and going back to kind of the X-Files style of show or monster of the week. I could use a little cla- palate cleanser, I guess, but <laughs> I know we got to get through this. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to have to wait till 
probably next season sometime before we get out of the story arc here. Anything else about this episode that you want to point out? Um, no, not really. Uh, just, yeah, dealing with the horsemen. We don't see pestilence in this episode, but we know we're on to them. Um, so, yeah, and Bobby and Rufus working on where to find death. Crowley helping to, or offering to help find death. Um, that's pretty much it. What's the body count on this episode? We have five. Yeah, and you said that there was a funny note about that in IMDb. Didn't you? No. Only thing I have on the body count, five, we have the two lab technicians, the two security guards, and Brady. Why they're counting Brady, I don't know. He was a demon, but they are counting Brady. Well, still corporeal and... Oh, I put that they did make a note in the spoiler that this is the first episode where Crowley calls Sam Moose. Oh, okay. That's what you were chortling about before. Yes. Gotcha. All right. Um, what's the name of the next episode? Um, season 5, episode 21, Two Minutes to Midnight. Neato. So we'll be checking that out uh, tomorrow. Actually, we're going to be checking that out right now, and uh, you'll hear this episode tomorrow. And just a reminder, we have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. Come on over and say hi. Better yet, though, we've got a website called coupleofidgets.com where we post every episode that goes up there. You can subscribe to it on your podcast app, listen to it online, download it, do whatever you want with it. Burn it to a CD and just throw it out the car window at passing folks that look like they might be supernatural fans. <laughs> Uh, if you out there know of where we can get a uh, Lovers in League Against Satan bumper stickers, please let us know. Because that would be funny. Oh, man. Yeah, I think at the end of this, we'll probably just end up opening a, an Etsy shop with all of my great ideas. Although, you know, we have found some really funny shirts already, so... Talk to you